Today's message is entitled, Yeshua's Concern for Our Trust. Trust is the same word as faith, all right? Because we have the faith of God in us. Because he believed in us. He sent his son to die on our behalf. So let us turn now to the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, or the Hebrew word is Matiyahu, chapter 11, and we'll be beginning at verse 20. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. From time to time, I share what his name means, Matiyahu. It means gift from God. Imagine that. At the time of his circumcision, when he was given his name, his father presented him to the Moyle, who was the person that did the circumcision. And after the circumcision was completed, his name was announced by his father. And when everyone heard his name, they heard the name Matiahu, which they knew in the Hebrew means gift of God. And think of this. Matiahu, before Yeshua come to know him, was what? He became a tax collector, a betrayer to his people. But yet, what was he named at the beginning? At the time of his circumcision, as a time of his right into the covenant of the Jewish people. He was called the gift of God. And so Yeshua had to come alongside Matiahu to remind him who he was. And through that process, he became the man that God desired for him to be, the gift of God. And just think about that. The very first book in the Brit Hadashah, which is the New Testament, whose name is listed first? But Matthew, the gift of God. Let's begin. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. Then Yeshua began to denounce the towns in which he had done the most of his miracles because the people had not turned from their sins to Abba, Father God. Woe to you, Chorzin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Why, if the miracles done in you have been done in Zeor, which is Tyre, in Zidon, which is Sidon, they would have long put on sackcloth and ashes as an evidence that they had changed their ways. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon than for you on Judgment Day. And you, Capernaum, you, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will be brought down to Sheol. But I tell you, on the Day of Judgment, it will be more bearable for the land of Sodom than for you. It was at this time that Yeshua said, I thank you, Abba, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you concealed these things from the sophisticated and the educated and revealed them to just ordinary folks. Yes, Abba, Father, I thank you that it pleased you to do this. My Father has handed over everything to me, Indeed, no one fully knows the Son except the Father. And no one fully knows the Father except the Son. And those whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are struggling and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden it is light. 
Who's speaking here? But Yeshua. The revelation of God the Father to all humanity. And you know where it started? In the Garden of Eden. Because I truly believe, because the scripture says, no one has seen the Father, but one. So who was it walking with our mom and dad, Adam and Eve, in the garden? But Adonai Yeshua. And they knew him. Here they walk with salvation even before they needed salvation. Because before the fall, there was no sin in them. And who now is ushering now to the nation of Israel? But the Mashiach, the Messiah. And he's showing the way to the people. Because the, the leaders, the religious leaders, they truly believed that they knew the Father. But they didn't. Because here was a literal representation of salvation. That they were seeing eye to eye, touching, speaking, arguing the scriptures with. Here was God's revelation, a true interpretation of all Torah, who was and is Yeshua. Let's continue. Yeshua did most of his works demonstrating divine power in the cities of Chorazim, Bethsaida, and Capernaum, located near the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. Although, having witnessed many miracles, most of the inhabitants of these towns refused to repent. Why? Because they were just into signs and wonders. Are they any different from us today? No. We want to see signs and wonders. But what does God's goal of signs and wonders? To touch and heal people, but to bring them to true repentance. Just like he had to with our mother and father, Adam and Eve, in the garden. They fully realized when he was walking and he was calling out to them, Adam, Eve, where are you? There was guilt. There was a recognition that something was wrong. There was a recognition of what sin was. And here is Yeshua thousands of years later, walking among the people of God. He's performing signs, wonders, and miracles. But what he did these for was that people would be repentant and get in right relationship with Abba, Father God, through the Son, who is Yeshua. But they're just into the signs and wonders and miracles. That's why he's reproving them here. Because they saw the power of God being released. The heart of God, wanting to see everyone healed, cured, and the demons cast out. That was the heart of God. But in that of itself... That was just like something that you use to go to for a quick fix and never have a relationship. Abba, Father God, wants to intimately know each and one of his children. And that's why it says in the scripture that Yeshua, once we come to know him and to accept him as a redeemer, he inscribes our names upon his hands. If you ever see Jewish people play, they don't pray with their hands folded. They pray with their hands open. So here's just picture this. Our eternal high priest standing before the Father, interceding and praying on our behalf. He's already died on the tree for us. He's risen from the dead for us. And now he's looking at his hands. And he's now 
proclaiming our names and interceding on our behalf. That's how much he loves you. That's how much precious you are to the Lord. You're precious enough to Abba, Father God, that he sent his only begotten, most intimate part of the Godhead to for us to die on our behalf. That's how he treasures you. So don't let the enemy lie to you and say, you cannot serve the purposes of God, the plan that God has ordained for you. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You're to walk in the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of knowing who you are in Messiah. And that's what Yeshua is doing here. Let us continue. Although having witnessed many miracles, most of the inhabitants of these towns refused to repent and to change their ways, persisting in unbelief. What was the unbelief? That here before their very eyes was the literal chosen Messiah. Here he is before you, but you do not see him because you do not know the Father. Continuing, this prompted Yeshua to reproach them. On the account of their great loss, his pronouncement was woe must have been accompanied by great sadness. In Luke chapter 13, 34, it says, If the people of Tyre and Sidon, non-Israelite towns of the Phoenician coast, had witnessed the miracles Yeshua performed, they would have long previously have repented, expressing their sorrow and putting sackcloth and sitting themselves in ashes. Remember the prophet Jonah? Who was he sent to? But to the city of Nineveh. He didn't want to go because the people of Nineveh were evil. They did atrocities against the nation of Israel. Yet God showed mercy and grace to the enemies of God, who was in the midst of destroying his own people. And Jonah went there, and finally he preached. And you know what happened? They saw the, the miracle of a man being what? Vomited out of a great fish or sea monster on their shores. And what took place there is that they saw one small miracle and that one small miracle these pagan people repented because they believed that the words came from God from his lips and it says that a whole generation there came to know the one true God and I say this to you one day when we're in heaven we will be introduced to the inhabitants of Nineveh from that generation who have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb Let's continue. The arrival of the day of judgment would therefore prove to be more bearable for the people of Tyre and Sidon than for the inhabitants of Chorazim and Bethsaida who saw Yeshua's miracles. As for Capernaum, it would, have, would not be exalted in heaven on high, but would be brought low to the lowest level, Sheol, which is Hades, the realm of the dead. In the Tanakh, Sheol is a dim vague state where the dead souls wait. If the morally corrupt inhabitants of Sodom had been granted the opportunity to see the workings of the divine power like the people of Capernaum did, they would have repented. The city would still have been existed when Yeshua was on earth. Think about that. And here was Father Abraham standing on a mountain and interceding and asking the Lord, if there be what, 50 righteous, there be 40 righteous men, if there be 30, if there be 20, if there be 10. But there were found only one, and he left, along with his wife and two daughters. And that's all that left. 
and there came great destruction upon the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's continue. On the day of judgment, the situation would be more bearable for the former inhabitants of Sodom than for the unrepentant inhabitants of Capernaum. You hear that? And when you see the body of Messiah right now, what are they into? Signs, wonders. But what does America need? He needs repentance to begin starting in the house of God. How is America to be saved? If God's rules and reigns in the hearts of his people and we go through true repentance, then a revival will sweep this land like it has in the past. If you study American history, there was great awakenings. There were great revivals on the eastern coast area and also on the west coast. The Jesus freaks, the Jesus people came. That was a time of revival where the Spirit of the Lord began to breathe yet again. And the book of Acts, which they read portions of, the powers and the gifts of the Spirit were then again being manifested. Why? Because people truly went into times of repentance. And not going as a legalistic group and pointing out the faults and brothers and sisters in Messiah, but they were walking before the Lord, falling on their knees and asking God, is there something that I need to repent of? Oh, Holy Spirit, search me out. Tell me the truth. You who have been given to me to lead me all into all spirit and truth. Is there a sin that I have done? Either I've known or unknown have I committed against God or my brother or sister in Messiah. We're preparing now for the days of awe, days of Yom Kippur. God desires for us to enter into a time of repentance, not condemnation. Do not allow the enemy, Hasatan, to place that upon your heart. God never leads us into condemnation, which means this. You come to a dead end where there is no hope. There is no plan or purpose or provision for restoration. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. God, through this power of the Holy Spirit, brings us to right repentance, which is pleasing. Because it says in the scripture, the Holy Spirit is preparing the bride of Messiah, which is everyone here, everyone here listening on the podcast, or whoever hear this message in the future, you are the bride of Messiah, and the Holy Spirit will speak to your hearts, your minds, your souls, and spirit, and will prepare you so that you can truly do acts of repentance. And that is never physical harm to your own body your mind, or your soul, but simply saying, Holy Spirit, I agree what you've revealed to me as truth, and I now ask God's forgiveness. Now help, help me pray right now. The scripture says this. It says that when we do not know how to pray, it says that the Holy Spirit prays with our spirit on, on our behalf to minister and to get ourselves in right relationship with the Lord. And that's what Yeshua is desiring here for these people. They saw the signs, the wonders. And I tell you this very, very truthfully, that in these latter days, there will be false prophets, false teachers, false preachers who lead the very elect of God by signs and miraculous wonders. The Tanakh itself grounds the Israelites' faith in God on the one of his most awesome miracles. And that's found in Shemot, Exodus 14.31. 
reports that after the Egyptians had been drowned in the sea, when Israel saw the great power of Adonai displayed against the Egyptians, they feared Adonai and they put their trust in him and his servant Moshe. Yeshua showing forth Abba, Father God's power, is only asking from his fellow Jews the same response to God and his servant Messiah, which their mutual ancestors gave. For it was Yeshua that led our people through the Red Sea. It was Yeshua who sustained them in the desert places. And it was Yeshua that was there to lead them into the land. Because as when Joshua, when he saw this one angel that appeared before him, and he said, well, whose side are you on? And he declared to him, I am a servant. I am Adonai Zabaot. I am the Lord of the hosts. That's who I am. And that when Joshua heard that, that word to him, he fell on his face. And he knew that the Lord was with him. And from that point, he was able to lead the children of Israel into the nation of Israel and take the land back from those who had taken the land from Abraham. Continuing, we have already seen in Matthew 9, 34 and 10, 25, and we'll see again, that Yeshua's miracles were acknowledged as such even by those who opposed him. They could not deny him. They did not say, well, this is a figment of these people's imagination. To avoid to having to decide whether to trust him as God's man, they attributed his miracles to demonic powers. They tried to demean him. That was the religious leaders of that day, which is the same with religious leaders of today. Religious leaders want to hold their authority over you. They don't want you to search the scriptures, to think with your own mind, and to seek, seek the spirit of the living God. They say simply, do what I tell you to do, and let me interpret scripture for you. When you ever hear someone speak to you in that form, run from that place. Open up the scripture and find a place where there are men and women who are telling you, search the scriptures to see what I'm telling you, whether it's yes and amen. And if not, throw that aside and go to another place. Continuing. To avoid having to decide these religious leaders whether to trust him as God's man, they attribute the miracles to demonic powers. Unlike the modern critics, they recognize that miracles require a response, a decision. They just made the wrong one, the religious leaders of those days. Why should it be less noble or sophisticated to predict faith initially on Abba, Father God's miracles, rather than on his law? Both are from God, both the law and the miracles. One can truly trust Abba, Father God, and will acknowledge both his law and his miracles. Can one who withholds belief in either be described as trusting in Abba, Father God? No. Continuing. In Zeor and Zidon, the wickedness of Tyre and Zion, and the predictions of judgment against them are detailed in Isaiah 23, 1 and 8. And going back to now to Matthew 25 and 27, Yeshua made known his unique role in history in establishing mankind's proper relationship with Abba, Father God. And that's why I tell you this to you. Everyone that does not know the Lord, there is an empty vacuum. And many people say it's in the hearts. 
where you're pursuing everything upon this earth to satisfy and to fill that empty vacuum. Yeshua came to demonstrate who the Father is so that we would know the Father and that we would see the relationship that Yeshua had with the Father. Everything that Yeshua said, did, was not of his own accord or according to his own will, but it was to the will of the Father so that we would know the Father. And just as he was obedient in fulfilling the Father's will, what is our eternal destiny to do the same if we're truly his? Our elder brother has set up the way for us to go. Continuing. Judaism speaks of the yoke of heaven. The commitment of any Jew must be to trust Abba, Father, God. The yoke of the Torah, the containment of the commitment as an observant Jew makes us keep the generalities and the details of the halakha. Yeshua speaks of his own easy yoke and light burden because the religious leaders of that day were trying to add on more and more laws by their interpretation. They made it impossible for people to walk and serve the Lord according to the Torah because they kept kept adding and adding. And that's found in the oral law of the Mishnah. They keep adding and adding. So people really do not come to know the presence of the Lord because what you're following after is man's doctrine. And some of you have come from different religious backgrounds. And you know what? Many times when I've talked to people, they've shared about the different things that they have against a certain religious organization. But if you study very, very closely the doctrines of man or woman and the, doc- and the, and the scriptures, you'll notice where man has added on to. And you'll find many, many times it's the part where, where people have added on to. The doctrines of men and women onto the scripture that we find problems with. It's never the scripture. Because as we read and meditate on the scripture, you know what happens? The Holy Spirit reveals that as the truth and we walk therein. And that's why we're on that path of removing all those doctrinal from men and women, from religious standpoints, from our hearts and minds, so that we'll walk in biblical relationship with Abba, Father God. And so when Yeshua was, was, was practicing and living out true Torah-observant Judaism, he was talking about the light yoke. He was not talking about this heavy burden. Because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they kept adding and adding continually from year to year, moment by moment, more and more restrictions were added where it just became so impossible for our people to fulfill anything. Continuing now, Yeshua speaks of his own easy yoke and light burden. These are the two, these two are sometimes contrast in the way of implying that in comparison with Judaism and Christianity that offers cheap grace. But this saying of Yeshua must be put alongside the remarks such as in Matthew, where it says, easy yoke consists in a total commitment to godliness through the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. Are you trying to honor and serve the Lord without allowing the power of the Spirit of the living God to be lived out in your lives? If you're, if you're doing that, if you're on that path, you'll find that you in and of yourself 
We'll start defining what God's word says, and you'll be adding commentary and doctrine to it. It's very, very simple. The good news is very simple. In soul, it says this. It is so simple that a child, a small child, can receive the good news and receive Messiah at any time. And being fed and being led and being filled with the spirit of the living God. That's why God wants us to have walk in the simplicity of faith. The same simplicity that we had when we first received Yeshua as our Messiah. Abba, Father God, let them remain blind. These people of Capernaum, the majority. And thus kept them from seeing their need for repentance. And putting their trust in Yeshua, his son. Yet the, lo- the lowly ones, whom others regarded as insignificant, Abba, Father God, has revealed what was necessary, that they would respond to that trust by faith. Their dispensation was such that they were receptive to the message and to the person of his son, Yeshua. Abba, Father God, favored them with such un- unobstructed hearing and with attentive ears. For Yeshua said this, You who have ears, let them hear. Those who have eyes, let them truly see. To his son, Abba, Father God, had committed all things pertaining to having his approval. As an intimate of his father, Yeshua alone knew him and was fully known by him. In the manner that no one else could, Yeshua revealed his father to anyone whom he chose. Just think about that. Yeshua has chosen each and every one of us to be his own. The ones chosen would have also been truly come to know the Father as they were enjoying the approval relationship with him. Yeshua's choice of evidence from those who came to be his loyal Talmudim disciples were all persons who had repented of their sins. Is anyone here in the presence of the Lord who has not repented of their sins? I think all of us can say yes and amen. That's how I have a relationship with Abba, Father God, through the repenting of my sins, and came to acknowledge Yeshua as the Messiah, the Son of Abba, Father God. The question is, do we still want him as our first love? The question is this, do we have an ongoing living relationship with the Lord? You know, we can sit here and say, yes, I do have that, just to be seen by others, to acknowledge that. But what about when you're all by yourself and no one's looking? Abba, Father, God is looking. The Holy Spirit is looking. And that's why God desires us to have a right relationship with him. And so that as now, as we're entering now into the days of awe, it's a time that the Lord has set. He said it centuries ago for us to have a time of Yom Kippur, a time of going before the Lord. And if you're inspired this this year to do so, the scripture says to deny yourself. You know, that is to stop eating so that you can put the Lord first. Shut off the TV, shut off the cell phone, shut off all those electronic devices and be alone with the Lord as he prepares your hearts and minds to receive. Because, you know, some of us, we say, well, this is a very, very difficult time. Who wants to go in the woodshed with the Holy Spirit? 
right? But I tell you this, I would rather walk in humility before my God and allow the spirit of the living God to speak to me. The truth. Because you know what? What does the scripture say? The heart is deceitful over all things. So you know, I can say that. Yes and amen. Lord, my heart is deceitful. And it's leading me down the path that is not in right relationship with you. So I ask now, Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit, to speak to me and give me a true observation. Give me the truth of what's been going on in my heart this past year, that I may be reconciled and that I may true, truly bring forth fruits of repentance. Because you know this, whenever you had your parent um, chastise you and it was because you did something wrong, how sweet was your fellowship afterwards as you spent time with them and they consoled you? That same presence of Abba Father is there for anyone as, any one of us at any time. For he truly loves us and he wants the best for us. To his name be all praise and glory and honor. In Yeshua's name, amen.